Before we start this week's podcast, we'd like to encourage our listeners to consider donating to the NAACP Legal Defense and Education Fund. It's a nonprofit organization that fights for racial justice. Through litigation, advocacy, and public education, they seek structural changes to expand democracy, eliminate disparities, and achieve racial justice in a society that fulfills the promise of equality for all Americans. Visit www.naacpldf.org to donate to an incredibly important cause. Welcome back to the Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football Podcast. Happy holidays, everyone. We are recording two days before Christmas here. Uh, it's such a wonderful time of the year. I don't know about, about you, Jake, or our host, Kane, uh, but it's such a great time of year. I'm off of work for is two weeks. The, I'm is happy. it the most wonderful time of the year, Dustin? Would you venture to say that it is the most wonderful time of the year? Some would say so, especially for the scary ghost stories. Apparently, you get to tell in the most wonderful time of the year. Wait, what? I've already you, you I've you started it off on a confused note. You, yeah, because you, it's scary ghost stories and tales from long, long ago. Thank you. Look, I didn't want to admit this. I literally only know the chorus. I only know the chorus of basically 99% uh. of songs, so I don't know what to tell you. That's fair. All right. Well, we are back this week uh, for the last time for 2020 here. And what a way we're going to close out the year here with our very special guest, Kane Fossil. Kane, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing great. Um, you know, it was touch and go. We had an attic issue where the uh, walkway to the attic like apparently popped open. And at one point we had bats and I'm terrified of bats. So it's been like my heart rate is dangerously high. Well, good um, news, you're with us now. You can just calm yourself, sink into the fantasy yeah. football, let all that just go behind you. So I'm just going to start drinking, and we're just going to see where that takes me. You, just perfect. you lived uh, Batman Begins like 10 minutes before getting onto this podcast, and, and so I'll be very curious to see how this origin story winds up, personally. I hope I get better at fantasy football. <laughs> <laughs> That's my power. <laughs> And Jake, how are you doing, Jake? I am doing so fantastic. I It is obviously holiday season. I am in my Christmas onesie that my lovely fiance Emily got me last year. And spoiler alert, yes, it does have a butt flap. And yes, I do intend to use it at some point. So, As you should. That's what it's welcome. there for. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we have got a great episode for y'all this evening. We are playing a little game of Would You Rather? And I don't know if, if either of you ever played this when you're in like junior high, high school. You, you pick two things or there's two options given to you. You can only choose one. You can't choose both. Only choose one. So we're going to turn that into a little fantasy football game, a little game of Would You Rather? Which player would you rather have based on their dynasty uh, rankings at this point. So before we get into that, um, as I already introduced our, our guest, Kane, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself here, where we can find you and all that good stuff here before we get going. Yes, you can find me on Twitter at Devi underscore Kane. Um, and then you can always find our podcast, which is the Devi Marketplace, which it's a podcast that takes a new approach to Devi fantasy football, um, where it's really just figuring out when to buy and when to sell players. 
because Devi players are different because they're not scoring points to your fantasy lineup. And if you're not accruing interest with those assets, then you're basically kind of losing it, right? No, nothing is ever just a hold. You're either accruing or losing interest in players. And, you know, if you're not gaining, then we need to figure out why that's not happening. So the goal for us is always trading and always trying to get our team better because the only way to win a fantasy football league or to even make your team better even a little is by trading. Um, you can hope to do it at the draft, but no team stays 100% the same on a dynasty league. So you might as well make a trade and try to make your team better. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the only way to do it. So you can find us over there. Me and my co-host Shane Hallam, um, where we tackle NFL draft stuff and Devi stuff and then get people ready for their dynasty fantasy football seasons. Nice. Definitely got got to check that out. Okay. So, Jake, I'm going to start with you. What are you drinking yes. this evening? I have a special occasion beer here because Ooh. it is our final episode of the podcast for 2020. And I wanted to go out on a high note. So I have the Stone Zocoveza Mexican Hot Chocolate Stout. It is one of my favorite beers of all time. Uh, and it's uh, brewed somewhere. Um, I don't know because the can is actually upside down. So they printed it upside down on the thing. And now I don't know where I am, but I do know that it is brewed with chocolate, coffee, uh, pasilla peppers, vanilla, and cinnamon. And it's just, it's so good. It's like an eight percenter. So I feel real good about this. Yeah, that is one of my favorite beers. I remember Jake, when we were at a beer fest, probably four or so years ago, this was one of the beers they had for the samples. And we went back. I don't know how many times to get this one because we were just in love with it. So I love Mucho. that beer. Mucho time. Yes. <laughs> Kane, how about you? What are you drinking tonight? Well, I, in case you can't see, I crushed my can because I'm a can crusher. Um, so when this started, I was drinking a cider called Flannel Mouth, which is actually made by Blake's Hard Cider, which is in Michigan. Um, and they do a, re- a lot of cool things. It's not all like apples, apple cider. They also have a, like a rosé cider Ooh. and like like one that they are calling a jam where it's combined with like blackberries and a bunch of sort of stuff. So if you're into ciders, like check them out. I think they do really, really great stuff. Um, we actually found them at uh, a beer expo um, and we just fell in love with them. Um, but I finished that. I have one more can of that, which I'll get to at one point. Um, I'm also drinking an apple wine. This is from Forest Edge. Um, so it's in Grand Portage, I want to say, in Minnesota, so way up north, and it's an apple wine. It tastes absolutely delicious. It's a 12%. Um, and then as like a mix-in, because, you know, it's Christmas time, right? So we got to like have extra flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I am German, so um, we brought some Jagermeister um, oh, nice. to kind of just mix in, just to, you know, spice, spice things up. Um you know, you got you to gotta spice up your life, and, and that flavor is important. So, you know, sometimes you just got to drink Jägermeister and uh, just see where the night takes you. Yeah, you're going to go yogging throughout our podcast, <laughs> and I personally am very excited about it. Now, I, I did want to go yogging because I don't run. Well, no, we're, we're giving it a new meaning here. We're taking that word and repurposing it for what it should be used for. Uh, which is Jägermeister? Picking Jägermeister. Yeah, but, but before we get over yours, Dustin, which I love your beer already, I know what it is. You fucking people don't. But before we do really quickly, I know we're going back in time for holidays, but you're having apple wine. I just want to know, officially, apple over pumpkin for fall times? Is that fair? Is that a fair thing to say? For, for like, for like... Pies, pies, no. Everything else, yes. Okay. 
Okay, so we're we're a pumpkin pie family, and like, which which is amazing, right? Because mm-hmm. technically we're a pumpkin pie family, but it was like just my grandpa that liked it and me, and then so he's like, oh, we're a pumpkin pie family. So every year <laughs> he'd buy pumpkin pies and like multiple pumpkin pies, right? So he'd buy like two or three every like every Christmas and every Thanksgiving. Two people like pumpkin pie, <laughs> and he would like buy multiples of them, like fresh made pumpkin pies and he goes we're having pumpkin pie for dessert and everyone's like grandpa we don't like that and then the birds are having pumpkin pie for dessert for the next three weeks because i have to get get rid of this excess pie and then i'm like six and get yelled at because i'm eating too much pie because my grandpa told me to because he didn't want to feel bad (laughs) and then my mom's yelling at me she's like you don't eat that much pie and it's like but grandpa told me to and she goes i'll have words with him and i was like oh my gosh this is quite a thanksgiving it's 4 p.m and here i am just getting yelled at i'm sorry for bringing up those traumatizing family uh memories but on that note dustin what are you drinking well i just want to before we get into that um I just want to say with your wine you got from Grand Portage, you really can't get much further north than that. I mean, that is right there at the border there. Jeez, Louise. Oh, it's Laporte. Oh, Laporte. Ah. Which is, so it's also up north. So from where we were, that was a four and a half hour drive. Okay. To this winery. So like still way up there. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, uh, so it's oh, sorry. Just south <laughs> yeah. of Bemidji. Okay. Maybe. I, I lived know. I lived in Duluth for uh, seven years, so I'm familiar with the northern oh, Minnesota area. Yeah, yeah. You lived in Duluth, but you have a Wisconsin flag behind you. I get it. Well, born and raised. I, I, I was a doesn't transplant. matter. Still hurting my heart. Well, my wife is yeah, from Minnesota, did. so I didn't have you know we we moved back there for a little bit and rightfully came back to Wisconsin now uh, where well, we belong. I, so I was fully <laughs> planning to go to uh, Camp Randall for the game. Um, but obviously, right? Yeah. Due to due to COVID situation, so in two years, um, I will be at Camp Randall. Nice for the game. Well, then so, we'll do some tailgating heads, heads when you up. come down. We'll we'll make you feel very welcome, uh, right up until the point where we crush your spirits at the end of the game. <laughs> but up until then, you won't know, and it'll you'll feel very good about it. That's, That's fair. Right. All right. Well, get back on track here. Um, I am drinking an extra stout from Giant Jones Brewing here in Madison, Wisconsin. This was a birthday beer that Jake and his lovely other half got me, uh, saving it for a special occasion, which tonight can't get any more special than this. It comes in at a crisp nine and a half percent, and it's a great stout. Uh, What's not to love about it? It's an imperial stout. It's terrific. There's nothing not to love about it. That's the answer to that question. It's it all is. delightful. Are you guys like just really stout guys? I so my original beer drinking right was like Coors Light, but also my first beer ever was uh, Line Kugel Summer Shandy, which is your first beer that tastes absolutely yeah. awful. Yeah. It still tastes that awful. Was mine <laughs> well, that was mine, and, and there was a berry shandy too. There was both, yeah, and yeah, you the... could mix them together, and it was supposed to be like a beer cocktail. Uh, that was my first uh, experience with real. Not real. I shouldn't say real. Non-Coors Light, Bush Light beer. That was my first experience. Yeah. And then I had that and I was like, that's disgusting. And then like, right, then you get to like Coors Light, especially around our area, like Bush Light. Um, that's kind of just what you drink. Mm-hmm. And then like, we've been like slowly getting into like more things. So I've started drinking sours. Which, nice. Uh, because they're because <laughs> not all of them are really sour. They're really sweet. And mm-hmm. obviously, if you can't tell from the cider and wine that I'm drinking, I love sugar. So, like, I really like sweet things. So, 
like that's that's the only issue I have with IPAs now, right? It's like they're just super bitter, and the bitter and like it's I love sweetness, so I can't have like all that bitter going on. So like IPAs are still Yucktown, but like we're we're building, right? Oh, I'm right there with you on the on the IPAs. I'm uh, they're not my favorite style by any stretch of the imagination. Although there's a few I do like, uh, but yeah, I'm mainly a, a dark beer drinker. That's my bread and butter here. Uh, I will literally drink them all year round because there's not a bad time to drink a stout. I'm an yeah. all arounder. I'll drink Ooh. stouts a lot in the winter time because it's cold and I need something on my bones. And beer apparently does that. But yeah. during the other summers and springs and whatnots. I dip my toes in everything. In fact, my reserve for tonight is a honey blonde ale. So, Ooh. I mean, typically I like the lighter things, but when like, in Rome and all that. My my favorite stout, I think, is the, uh, what is it, the vanilla bean buffalo sweat. Oh, so yeah, good. it's so good. That is a terrific yeah. so, beer. One of our good friends works at, um, not a brewery, what do they call them? Distributor. People, that's the one at a distributor. So like he just gives us like samples of things, right? Nice. So we're like we get to try all these things and he's the one that works at the beer expos. So like we get to try like all these different kinds of beers. And then I, he's like, you don't like stouts. You won't like this. He's like, do you like ice cream? I'm like, well, yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't? And he, goes, and he goes, drink this. And then, so I drank and I was like, I'll take a can. He goes, you can take a four pack. I care. And I was like, sweet. So I was like, just running around this expo with like cans of beer when you're not supposed to. Oh, nice. Nice. <laughs> what a dream. dream. So shout out to all of our friends in the chat right now joining us. Um, I'm going to show one comment here um, from Gabe. Is I'm not showing. There it is. Oh, my boy. It says, is this just a better version of the open bar? Uh, I would never say such things because that is such a high pinnacle. Uh, we can only hope to aspire to, to reach such heights someday. But thank you for saying that. I do appreciate it. Uh, if you want to say that, Gabe, go ahead. We're not saying that, Gabe, because <laughs> you're the one submitting it either. I think we could all acknowledge that the open bar is the 101 of Fantasy Football Podcast. So. That's right. That's right. right. Okay. Should we continue on here? Uh, I mean, I yes, can sit and talk beer all night long, but let's do our drunk, 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 hammer, drunk, 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 trade of the week. Hit us, Jake. So we're still going to kind of talk beer. Uh, this drunk trade comes from Reddit user Mike CM20. Apparently all of the other Mike CMs were taken. Uh, a friend and I drunkenly agreed to a three for three wide receiver trade. In 2010, so go back into your way back machines here, 2010, put yourself there. Dustin, this will be easy for us because we were on our way to a Packers Super Bowl. But That's hey, right. you might have a, a trickier <laughs> time uh, cementing that that time frame. So this was... The I was a junior in high school. Okay. Well, now you just made, I think, both of us feel oh, a little I feel older so than old. you needed to. <laughs> um, well, that was for the Packers Super Bowl comment. Yeah, that's fair. Fair I enough. Can't, I can't even, uh, yeah, real back at that. <laughs> so this was... I'll take a shot of Jägermeister just for insulting you. So cheers. I think that, look, you're so reasonable about it as well, which actually makes it worse somehow that you're actually like nice about your insult. I don't know. It's a whole mind well, that's, fuck. That's, that's just Minnesota nice. Classic Midwest. It. Yep. Passive aggressive son of a bitch. This drunk trade was from his Jeremy Macklin. Mike Williams, not that Mike Williams, and Brandon Lloyd for Anquan Bolden, Wes Welker, and Malcolm Floyd. 
So you're not fucking around. First of all, I want to stop there because I want to get your guys' thoughts on these kinds of three three trades or even a one-for-one one positional trade. Some people are very against this kind of thing. Some people feel like you have to mix up your trades to do like multi-positions like, well, I need running backs and you need wide receivers. Why would we ever just trade straight up wide receivers? I want to get your guys' uh, thoughts on this. Do you do this? Do you do these one-for-one, one, same position, or three-for-three, three, same position kind of trades? Yeah, Why I've not? yeah, I've done them before. Um, I did a big trade, I think three years ago, that was included Dalvin Cook and CMC in it, um, with with some other ancillary pieces. Is basically a all running back trade, and people in our league chat kind of gave us a hard time for it. It's like, well, why would you just do a, you know, running back for running back trade? It's like, eh, I, I valued one over the other. Why not make the trade yeah, then? <laughs> that trade is literally what popped into my mind when I was reading this, because I, I remembered the kind of backlash you got that and thinking like, well, who gives a fuck? You have different valuations mm -hmm. of different players, so it, it shouldn't matter. But anyway, it's not to digress too far, but that's the trade. Okay. Now the, the rest of the context, it was his last-ditch effort to reshuffle and make the playoffs. Regretted it in the morning, did the other person. The other side of this, they regretted it when they woke up. Haven't we all been there? This person, though, was also the commish. Called five of his friends in the leagues. These were people who the submitter was not personally friends with. And got them all to submit for a veto. That was the first of several league-vetoed trades that this person had in the league over an eight-year stint, which eventually, eventually led to him quitting and starting his own league. So a lot to unpack here. I'm Honestly, I'm less interested in the actual trade for this one. Because one, it's so long ago. If you guys remember their stats, great. I mean, Wes Welker, sure, and Bolden, yeah. Um, if you want to talk about that, we can. But I'm more interested in all the shenanigans that came after. So the commish calls people in the league to have them veto. On a scale of once to holy fucking bullshit, how terrible is that to do to somebody? It's collusion, man. Straight up. There, there's there's no sugarcoating that. That's that's baloney. Baloney. Grade A baloney. I would have quit that league right away. I wouldn't have hung around for eight years. Kane, would you have lasted eight years in this? No, I wouldn't have lasted past this. Um, this is like on par with the fax machine from the Cleveland Browns not working when they tried to acquire A.J. McCarron. Yeah, that, that's a great poll. So like just uh, rough. Like that's just – you don't do that. Like first of all, vetoes shouldn't happen, mm -hmm. right? Because if two people agree on the trade, it doesn't matter what the rest of the league says, right? Like, And if you're worried about people ruining the league – um, well, then they would have ruined it before. So the fact that you want to veto is straight bubkiss. Um, second of all, like, don't... Okay, here, here's the other thing that we see on Twitter all the time, right? Is like, people say, like, you should find your own replacement for a league. Like, you should try and, like, make your team better. You shouldn't do anything to hurt your team before you leave. Like, the only rule I have is if you're not enjoying the league, don't be in it. Like... We do this for fun, mm -hmm. right? Like, sure, some money's on the line sometimes, and it's really fun we win money, right? But this, is, this isn't like an investment to me. This is like, oh, I paid $100 for the year in this league, and it's like, that's just my fun, right? That's, that's fun money. I, I don't gamble anymore. I don't, like, really do anything else. So, like, what am I supposed to do with my time? Like, I just play Dynasty Fantasy Football. 
And so this idea, right, that that you should be doing something that you don't like just because other people might think less of you. Like, I don't know if I can I swear on here. You Absolutely. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Fuck them. <laughs> right. Because fuck them. That's why. And it's like the idea that you should just do something because someone else thinks that's what you should do. Like, that's no way to live your life. And if you're doing that in other aspects of your life, I can guarantee you you're not happy. Well said. Well I will said. give you a clap for that. Uh, and I feel like maybe the submitter felt some of that weight. And that's maybe why they stuck around for eight goddamn years after the, something this atrocious. I don't know where in the eight-year span this fell, but it was probably too soon. <laughs> and I'm going to guess because if they didn't leave the next day. Uh, yeah, that's wild. Yes, anti-veto. I think we're mm-hmm. all in agreement there. Let everybody make their own decisions. We've all had trades that we thought that we won so hard that came back to bite us six months, eight months, a year later. Maybe not even that long. So let people live their lives, do the trades that they want. Uh, I once traded Evan Ingram and DJ Moore for Chris Carson. So... Like that hits my soul because Chris Carson was a drinking buddy of mine for this year. Uh, so I did like him for this year, but well, and it was like I was trying to make a push for the playoffs, and it was like the week before the playoffs, and it was like all my running backs are hurt because Saquon can't stay healthy for a full season, right? And you're like, well, I gotta try, Mm -hmm. and here we are. (laughs) (laughs) That's the deal, we've all been there though, Mm -hmm. we know how this story goes, and and that's that's the idea of like when you're trading, it's like whatever happens right now that doesn't that's going to change what happens you know in two weeks you don't know if you're going to end up winning the trade or losing the trade right until it's years down the line so this this like regretting trades is like just stick with it you never know if you're going to end up actually getting the good side also like drinking and trading is kind of fun because it's like a christmas present when you wake up it's like (laughs) trade accepted you're like what did i do (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what did you bring me fat santa what what have you bestowed upon my dynasty team you know uh, you wake you wake up you barely put your glasses on you're like kane what did you do this time you're like you messed up again <laughs> <laughs> you traded jeremy macklin and not that mike williams and some other guys for some other guys who i don't know anything about this actual trade by the way i i know i could have looked up their stats for their years and and beyond i'm just gonna be honest i didn't want to do that do any of do either of you have an actual inkling of how lopsided this trade is or isn't i want to say the bolden welker they that was like right in their primes so uh, i think he definitely got the better end of the deal um I Macklin, I think was doing all right at that time, but the other Mike Williams, Brandon Lloyd, I can't tell you much about those two guys. That's fair. That's yeah. Fair. Like right. and, and Quan Bolden after like 2010, um, you know, had an 850 yard season, 900 yard season, 1100 yard season with seven touchdowns. Like he was still performing at a good level. Mm-hmm. And so was Wes Welker. So I'm assuming that side won, and the other side just wanted like, right. The speed of Jeremy Macklin. <laughs> <laughs> and the, I'm never going to leave the league of Mike Williams. <laughs> and, yeah. and who can say no to Brandon Lloyd? Let's be honest. I mean, you get true. an offer for Brandon Lloyd. You accept an offer for Brandon mm-hmm. Lloyd. Instantly. That's what puts into my throw pillows. Yeah. Right yeah. Here. <laughs> All right. Well, we don't need to take any more time on that trade then. No, but we, we are going to continue to talk about happy things here. We're going to have some laughs at Jake's expense here uh, because we do have a beer bet payout to administer here. So the bet last week was who was going to score more PPR points, 
Justin Jefferson or Allen Robinson. Now I was, oh. I, I was the better one here and took Justin Jefferson uh, and Jake and our guest last week, Chris Allen, and then Chase joined us there at the end as well. They all three of them took Allen Robinson. So uh, Justin Jefferson ended up as wide receiver 16 on the week with 18.4 points. And Allen Robinson ended up as wide receiver 34 with 12.3. So Jake, I believe you have something to say. Yes, this does not feel good. That is as much as I would like to say at this time. That's not what no, I was looking for. Of course, <laughs> I will honor my bet here, which I felt so confident in. And obviously, I felt confident after the whole gang jumped on my side to accept this, which, by the way, Chris and Chase, uh, I will expect something to be presented at worst in our group chat, which we all three are a part of here, um, or at best, a Twitter uh, post of some sort or something on your podcast. But That's right. In any case, I won't stall any longer. <laughs> Uh, I will just say that I am presenting in a in a badger shot glass just for extra extra fun. <laughs> a homemade, um, I think it's Kahlua, homemade Kahlua. I don't know that the fiance's mom brought up. I'm very excited about. So this is actually more of a treat for me uh, than for you, Dustin. But you are a fantastic fantasy football prognosticator slash genius. Kudos to you, sir. Thank you. Does that feel good, Dustin? It feels terrific. I, I'm not. It, it never gets old hearing that. I'm just gonna say it. <laughs> oh, Jake, I didn't take a shot with you. Cheers. I. Oh, thank you. See, that's moral support, yeah. really. What it that, is. That's a true friend right there. Can I tell you how much I don't like that? That is now the second time in a row that I've had to do that. It doesn't feel right. It no, does not it doesn't. <laughs> no, not a fan. So, Jake, I see you. Uh, snuck something in here on, on the show sheet that you wanted to talk about so sure do sure do you know why i want to talk about it here tonight uh and Kay and i just snuck this into yours as well uh pretty recently your show sheet it's because we talked about this uh yesterday i posted a tweet on the twitter that said evan ingram paraphrasing my own tweet because i don't fucking remember that stuff but evan ingram getting into the pro bowl over robert tunyon was a travesty on par with Dances with Wolves winning the Best Picture Oscar over Goodfellas, okay? Now, Kane came back almost immediately and said, uh, oh, so the, the the best movie won then, huh? <laughs> and isn't that how it's supposed to work? Yeah, that is. It's called the Best Picture. insulting Goodfellas and Robert Tunyon in a single uh, response tweet, so... I wanted to ask you, I didn't even ask you for clarification at the moment. What I wanted to ask you is, is that tweet more about how much you disliked Goodfellas or more about how you disliked Robert Tunyon? So, about Goodfellas, I like Robert Tunyon more than I like Goodfellas. So, but but here's the reason, right? And so, I, I wasn't like a movie guy growing up. Um, also anything that was like PG 13, we couldn't watch until we were 13. Anything that was rated R, we didn't really watch in the house. Um, so like Goodfellas wasn't something that like my family was into, right? Like the normal Midwest Christian household where it's like, Oh, there's killing. Nope. <laughs> the Lord doesn't like that. <laughs> and right. So I, I like just started getting into movies like this past year and like watching more movies. And I watched the Irishman first. Right, because oh, it was it was on Netflix, and then I watched fellas. I think like 
in March or something. And like whichever one you watch first, like you have more of an affinity towards that one. Like they're really similar movies, right? But more people have an affinity towards Goodfellas because that's the one that came first. So that's the one that was like the first um, of that genre, right? The first of like the the mob mafioso movies, right? But when you watch the other one first, you don't have like any other preconceived notions of watching The Sopranos or watching Goodfellas or anything like that. Then you're like, oh, The Irishman's a really good movie. And then you watch Goodfellas and you're like, oh, that's the same movie, just with old with younger characters. And you're like, pretty similar. Like, now, here's where I want to pick apart your analogy, though, because by that logic, it would be, I, by the way, I really have no stake in the Goodfellas versus Irishman. I tried to watch Irishman. It's too long and I'm too old to watch a movie that is now like 18 hours long. I just don't have the stamina uh, in my Oculus range to do that. So I, I do remember Goodfellas. I love Goodfellas. It's great. Right. But here's where the thing uh, catches a hitch is that by default, Evan Ingram then is is the Goodfellas because he came first and he's the one that people just recognize based on the name. And then here's this hot new Robert Tunyon coming into the mix. Ah, fuck that. I mean, that's basically just uh, Goodfellas. So if you were a Pro Bowl voter, essentially what you're saying is, I mean, obviously Robert Tunyon's going to get in because he's the better version. I mean, the true yes, form. But all these other fuckers who are out there watching mm-hmm. Evan Ingram from years ago are still relying on that tape and those good feelings that he gave them a couple years back. That actually makes me feel pretty good about it. Because I was riled up. I was riled up when he he lost out. Also, I just want to hit you with some Dances with Wolves trivia, um, just in case you're curious. Um, So I happen to know a really good friend of the person that trained the Buffaloes for that movie. Okay. And so the, you know, when like the, the main scene, right, where the Buffalo is coming right at Kevin Costner. Do you know how they got the Buffalo to stop? I hope, I hope humanely. Oreos. Oreos. Huh. So so the uh, Buffalo loved Oreos. And so they would put a pile of Oreos right in front of Kevin Cosner and it would just dive into the Oreos every time. It would like sprint, dive into the Oreos and start eating. That's actually how they got the Buffalo to stop in that movie. Wow. Learn something well, new every day. Tidbit. I love that. I do love that tidbit. Uh, I, one last one last comment I have to make here. One, I, it's not like I hate the movie Dances with Wolves. It's a fine, it's a fine movie. It's just not Goodfellas for me, and so that rubs me the wrong way. But the thing, still, the thing about Tunyon that rubs me the wrong way is like just from a stat line perspective. Like even if you didn't watch the games and see how much obviously better Robert Tunyon is as a football player than Evan Ingram, that's fine. Even if you're just looking at box scores, whatever. But Tunyon literally had 49 receptions on 55 targets for basically the exact same amount of yards as Evan Ingram did on 95 targets, and he had nine more touchdowns. And they're like, now we're good. We need that gi- We need that Giants fan base to feel involved right now, so we're going to get Evan Ingram into the mix, uh, big market style, and just overlook the Green Bay guy. It, it, I, do- I don't like it. And, Dustin, you, feel, you seem very unfazed by this, and it's disturbing. Well, it's because Pro Bowl voting is such a crock of shit. It's just a popularity contest, so it's just – of course, the big market guy got it because they have a bigger market to draw from, and he's the more well-known guy. It doesn't matter what their stats are. It's going to be whoever's most popular, uh, name recognition. That's all it is. So right. I'm just – I don't really well, care anything about the Pro Bowl. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Fired up. Woo! 
I love it. Even though I did, I did just sell a share of Robert Tunyon, though. It's fine. Yeah. Would I have done it? What is? Well, I, I sold, I sold Tunyon in a second for Devontae All Parker right. in a third. So, it wasn't awful. Uh-oh. Jake, did we lose you? All right. Well, I think we lost Jake here for a second. So, um... We will just move on here. Hopefully he gets back to us here shortly here before we get into the main part of our our show. Um, So I will go through our quick injury update, as we always do every week here. Uh, Knowing that it's championship week, important to know these injuries. So I'll go through them really quickly here. Uh, CH, uh, he has a hip and ankle injury. He's going to be out here for the next uh, few weeks, looks like until uh, through the the bye week of the playoffs that the – Chiefs have, so unavailable for championship week. Thankfully, that's all it was because uh, that looked gruesome uh, when he got hit, and I did not have high hopes that he would be able to come back for this season. So thankfully, he avoided major injury. Uh, James Robinson, another fantasy darling out for the championship. Uh, he Well, status is unknown. We don't know if he's going to be out for sure yet, but he has an ankle injury. At this point, if we still don't know, it's probably not looking too good. Uh, I would plan to pivot to somewhere else if you can. Then we have a couple of Niners. Uh, we've got Raheem Mostert. He's got put on IR with an ankle injury, so he is out. And then Nick Mullins uh, with an elbow. He is also out for the rest of the season. And then finally, Michael Gallup. Um, he has a hip injury and... His status is unknown for this week. So uh, keep your eyes peeled there on Michael Gallup and James Robinson because uh, chances are you were relying on them to get you this far, and hopefully you can still rely on them for your championship uh, week here. Welcome back, Jake. We missed you. StreamYard tried to keep me away, and I said, go fuck yourself. I'm coming back. <laughs> Preach. So this shot's for Linda, just so you know. Cheers, Linda. Is it a shot of uh, all the Trulies combined into one? No, Jägermeister. Okay. Still. It, it I think it actually like it. tastes like all of the Trulies combined into one, actually. Yeah, it's just darker. <laughs> it's just darker. That's the only difference. <laughs> all right, Jake, do you want to uh, lead us here on our ad read? Absolutely. From our, our wonderful sponsor. Get- Before we get into the meat, into the who would you rather, the would you rather, this episode of Drinking and Talking Fancy Football is sponsored by Monkey Knife Fights. Look, let's be honest, 99% of you people are probably bounced out of your playoffs at this point. And if you're not, congratulations, by the way, I hope you win a championship. But if you are not in your playoffs and you need to be entertained, look no further than Monkey Knife Fight. They are the my favorite personal daily fantasy sports gaming website. All you do, you go to their site. They give you... Game options with contest lines for specific players. You pick more or less. Let's say they're going to say, oh, I don't know. Robert Tunyon is going to score. Uh, he's going to get 65 yards next game. That's their line. You pick more or less based on that. And if you choose correctly, you get money. And you also get money if you start and sign up with Monkey Knife Fight by using our promo code DTFF. That is a 100% instant match bonus up to 50 bucks. So there you go. And there you have it. Thank you, Jake. You're welcome. Okay. So now we are going to get into a little of would you rather, who'd you rather? 
Uh, we are, are pulling our information this week off of Dynasty Nerds, uh, their Dynasty rankings. Uh, if you haven't checked them out, um, they do a great show. Lots of information on their page. So that's what we're going with today as far as their rankings. So we're just going to – I'm going to give you guys – couple players that are ranked closely together you tell me who you'd rather have for dynasty moving forward and if you want to expound a little bit on why that's great if not no issues there either so we'll just kind of go round robin here through all the positions for a little bit and um, hit some of the fun ones so let's start off with a couple of the hotness rookies for this season at quarterback so we've got justin herbert currently at qb9 and Tua at QB 11. Who would you rather have moving forward here for Dynasty? I will defer to you, Kane. I actually want Justin Herbert, though I love Tua. Um, I think realistically, if we're looking at Dynasty fantasy performance, um, unless the Dolphins add a lot of offensive pieces, their their system just on how to win games isn't really benefiting high fantasy performances and quarterbacks. Um, and I think there's a solid chance, right, that we might end up getting rid of Anthony Lynn as the Chargers head coach. And so if Herbert keep, can keep progressing, I would rather have him on the team um, rather than Tua. Also, I do want to mention, I'm a little tipsy right now. Um, I'm feeling it. You got the loose shoulders. That's I how do. you know. <laughs> <You're> just warm. <laughs> uh, Jake, who would you rather have? I I have to actually come down on that same side because it's I was asked recently, like if you could have a head coaching vacancy for any of the presumed teams that are going to have one. And they did include the Chargers in that. It was like it's Chargers, it's Jets and Jacksonville and other garbage. I was like, why go uh, Chargers automatically? Because you do not find yourself staring down a starting caliber franchise quarterback in the mold of Justin Herbert very often. And when you do, you have to jump on that because as you were alluding to, I don't think there's anything wrong with Tua. I am a big, big fan of Tua, but I also am not a fan really. And I know that they can do a lot to change. I guess I'm not able to predict exactly how those changes are really going to work out for them. And it's tough for me to trust the Dolphins entirely as an organization to believe that they are really going to continue building up this this team the way that maybe it needs to. Whereas with the Chargers, I feel like so many of the pieces are already there. And the way that he has looked, like just watching how comfortable he is, it's crazy to me. I, he was kind of thrown to the wolves, obviously, after the whole puncture to the uh, lungs that Tyrod Taylor got there. And he was just thrown to the wolves. And I expected so, so, so much worse than what we got from Justin Herbert out of the gate. And he's just continued to impress. He looks just comfortable and solid. And I, I love it for many, many years now. Yeah, and I'm going to make that a trifecta here for us. We're all on the Herbert side. Um, I just love the weapons he has. Uh, Keenan Allen's there for the foreseeable future. Austin Eckler's locked up there. Mike Williams, I believe, is a free agent after the season, but uh, they've got Guyton there waiting in the wings. He's he's showing some uh, promise, so he could step right into that role, and I don't think they would miss a beat whatsoever. So, yeah, I like that. All right, moving on. We'll go to running back next. We've got fan favorite here in Wisconsin, Aaron Jones, currently as the RB15. And then we've got Kareem Hunt is 17, two spots apart. 
Jake, start us off on this one. Who would you rather have? So this one is so odd because it's all about obviously predicting the future is all of fantasy football is, but this one is predicting what the teams are actually going to do, which can get very difficult to project out for running backs sometimes. So that's why I was really keen on talking about this is because obviously as Packers fans, we see what they did with the draft. They brought in AJ Dillon. Uh, they ignored wide receiver in order to do it. So you have to believe that their plans going forward rely on at least AJ Dillon and either Aaron Jones or Jamal Williams. Now, based on contract, uh, don't leave us hanging, Jake. And that Aaron Jones will. <laughs> oh no, I'm back! I'm back! I'm so sorry. Uh, I'm all. I'm such a fucking tease. Um, but Aaron Jones is going to leave. <laughs> Aaron Jones is going to leave in free agency. That's my assumption. That he's going to go elsewhere and get and get paid more. Looking at the teams that have locked up what we presume to be a very heavy free agent running back class for next offseason, there's actually fewer and fewer options of places he can go and be as productive as he was this year and last year. So I know that Kareem Hunt is going to be in Cleveland next year. And I know Kareem Hunt is going to continue to be the either the number two or the one B. I say number two. Some people still believe that it's more of a split between him and Nick Chubb. But regardless, we know what he's going to be, I think. And I feel comfortable projecting him as an RB2. I don't know what to do with Aaron Jones because I don't know where he goes. Based on talent, yeah, I'd love to say that he continues to be an RB1 in whatever landing spot that he finds himself in. But there's like two good landing spots for him. And there's a lot of muck. So honestly, based on based on cost of trading... I'd rather try and acquire Kareem Hunt right now. And that feels icky to say as a Packers fan. Mm -hmm. What about you, Kane? I'm going to disagree. Um, I think Aaron Jones is uh, better. I think he's a better player. I think he's more efficient. And I think the Packers resign him. Ooh. Which hurts my immense, strong, <laughs> undying love for A.J. Dillon. So do you think Jamal Williams just gets shipped somewhere and at least we get to see Dylan as the sort of backup there? Yeah, it's like I think Dylan, right? If, what did we pay in rookie drafts? Like a mid second to late second for AJ Dylan, right? And if you end up with 115 target or 115 touches, um, I think you're okay returning that value, especially behind a guy like um, Aaron Jones, who has been often injured. So, right, if you end up, if Aaron Jones goes down with another hamstring injury or ankle injury or whatever, right, you can recoup your value on trading um, A.J. Dillon. So I think A.J. Dillon will keep his value. I think Aaron Jones resigns with the Packers. I think he continues to be a running back one for the games that he plays. And Kareem Hunt continues to be in Nick Chubb's shadow. Wow. I don't hate that. Mm -hmm. For personal reasons. <laughs> right. And also, I traded for Aaron Jones a lot this past season. So I kind of need it to happen. Hey, and that paid off very well for this mm -hmm. year in particular. So it, it yeah. didn't because everyone else on the team got hurt. But like, yeah, it looked really <laughs> theory, it worked out great. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, I got a running back one, but I'm also starting running back five. So here we are. <laughs> Yeah, I think I would lean Aaron Jones in that situation as well. I just love the talent. I mean, obviously, Green Bay is such a great fit for him and what we're doing here. But um, Hunt, yeah, I, I believe, you know, he's 
he's the he's the number two in that that offense. Yeah, he's he's going to have a fairly safe floor, I think. But uh, when you have a guy like Aaron Jones that can just take hold of the entire backfield, uh, there's not many of those running backs out there that can handle that load. So I like Aaron Jones. I, I think he's going to end up re-signing with the Packers as well. I think he's going to give us a little bit of a hometown discount just because he wants to get that ring. And I think, uh, or in the ship here. And I think that's well, then what. Well, be on the Packers then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving. <laughs> nope. I've had enough of that. <laughs> you just, just kidding. Me. Uh, I did. Uh, <laughs> well, I will not take that sort my, of slander here. <laughs> my apologies, Princess. That's on me. I was just about to comment how I was so proud of both me and Kane for neither of us interrupting when you started talking about loads, and then you had to come in with that bullshit slight against the Packers. And that's but how, it's fine, right now. So it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's uh. Move on here. Um, next, we'll go to wide receivers. And this is one I just found here, glancing through their their rankings. We've got Calvin Ridley as their wide receiver 17. And Kenny Galladay as wide receiver 18. Who would you rather have? Kane, we're going to start with you. That cuts me to the core, but I'd rather have Calvin Ridley. I love Kenny G like Kenny G would play saxophone while I'm trying to fall asleep. Like I love Kenny Galladay. I think he's absolutely terrific, but I don't know where he's going to be next year. And that's a really awful issue to try to figure out. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, What, what happens if he ends up going somewhere and he's second fiddle and he ends up being like a low end wide receiver two, wide receiver three, like with Calvin Ridley of wide receiver one upside every week, whether Julio's in the lineup or not. And I think I can get better trade value with Calvin Ridley than I can with Kenny Galladay. Because I think some people still think that Calvin Ridley, regardless of how many years old man Julio is there, probably like 13 more, I think like Calvin Ridley will still have good value uh, because of the huge weeks that he puts up, right? Like last week, he, he was the reason why a lot of teams advanced in the playoffs if they had him, right? Like, Granted, all the teams I had him, I was already out of the playoffs. But like, we don't need to talk about that. Um, you but I think it up. <laughs> I've been drinking. This is not fair. You can't hold me accountable. Fair I didn't enough. make a three for three trade. Uh, but but right, I think Calvin Ridley overall just has more upside than an unknown location Kenny Galladay. Jake. Things because I wanted so much for Kenny Galladay to come out this year and look like the stud that I believe Kenny Galladay is capable of being in that particular offense, especially with Matt Stafford slinging the ball. I, I, I had such high hopes, and then obviously all this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say injury shenanigans because it's you just get that feeling that this injury is not maybe necessarily something that should have kept him out as long as it has. And so now you, you also get that perspective of do other coaches believe that as well? Do other staffs believe that? And is there a prima donna nature now built into Kenny Galladay? And so does that affect where he goes? Will he be able to stay and, and what team is going to take him on? And so because of all of that, and like you already said, Kane, about how we know that, 
Ridley has the tools to be a wide receiver one on Atlanta's offense, and he's not going anywhere. That kind of security, it's too hard to pass up. So, yeah, I also enjoy Galladay. I have him in a few different spots, but it's Ridley for me. Yeah, I'm going Ridley as well. I I know both teams are in transition now um, with their coaching staff. A lot of things can change, but we do know that Ridley is going to stay there with Matt Ryan. Julio is still there. I mean, their offense is going to be pretty well intact. You wouldn't think that the offensive scheme is going to change a whole lot. So I, I lean with Ridley for that reason, where, like you are saying, uh, with Galladay, we don't know where he's going to end up. It doesn't seem like it's going to be with the Lions, with how things have gone this season. So just for that reason alone, uh, I would go with Ridley. But yeah, we've seen this season that he can just pop off at any given moment, any game, and I love that upside. And I'm not afraid to admit I was wrong on Ridley. Big miss for me this season with him. Uh, I am a true believer now, so I'm going to go with him. I'm I'm done, done discounting him. Since we're hovering around the topic, does anybody believe there's a chance Matt Ryan gets traded elsewhere, goes elsewhere next year? I've, I've seen rumblings. I'm just curious if either of you actually believe that's a possibility. I doubt it. I mean, is it possible? Sure. I mean, anything's possible, but yeah, I don't really see that happening. I mean, how often do you see, what is he, 35? So what, you don't see 35-year-old quarterbacks changing teams all that often? Uh, unless you're Ryan Fitzpatrick. Of course. <laughs> He's a journeyman, and we should appreciate him for that. I love him. I appreciate I... him for everything he does. I can't stand up right now. That's how much I love him. So don't you ever come talk to me about the love for Ryan. I can't stand up for different reasons. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, let's go uh, into a tight end here. And I'm going to pick someone near and dear to my heart, Janu Smith, clocking in at tight end 13 overall. And we've got Mike Kosecki. Someone else I am very high on uh, as tight end 11. I think we are starting with Jake this time. Now, I added this into the show sheet because I wanted to put you, Dustin, in a bind here. Now, you're going to escape this because you'll have some time at least to consider while we're talking here. But there have not been two examples of a tight end that you've been higher on. Then coming into the season with both Mike Gesicki and Johnny Smith. Johnny Smith, I believe, was a top five tight end that you had projected for this year. Mm-hmm. Mike Gesicki, we have a beer bet outstanding that I'm going to have to pay out because I did not believe Gesicki could be a, a top-tier tight end, and he absolutely is crushing it. With all of that said, I would much rather have the guy that seems to have some sort of locked-in volume and... Maybe it's not a lot, but Mike Gesicki seems to have a better security blanket there, even with Tua and a lot of their, there's some discounting because the change at quarterback did throw that off kilter. But I don't know what to make of Janu's lack of overall involvement in the offense. It's a little strange to me. Um, I don't know why they're veering away from him if it's something about him because the other tight ends have gotten so involved. It's frustrating. Like, Ferkser gets a touchdown every other game to take it away. Whatever the fuck those other tight ends' names are, which I'm not even going to bother to learn. Michael these, Pruitt? Yes, there you thank go. you. These guys are all basically <laughs> like a, uh, any... 
God fucking damn it. Can, <laughs> can you do the thing, Dustin? Can you do the thing? We, no. <laughs> that was a bad uh, thing. It really that is like, so thing. infuriating to try and figure out where the targets are. Oh, Jake, he gets so him. animated. I got him frazzled. So <laughs> ridiculous. So I do actually have to go with Kasiki. Sorry for the long-winded explanation, but I'm going with Kasiki because I don't know what the fuck to think of Johnny right now. All right, Kane. Well, everyone knows the old adage of drafting Mike Gesicki makes you feel a little icky. But <laughs> he is better than Johnny Smith. So that's where I have to go. All right. Just better overall. <laughs> He's just a better player. Um, you know, fantasy football only matters when you get touches and targets. And Johnny just ain't got it. Like to put it in the most simplest terms, like he's just not getting targets. It doesn't matter. John new, mm-hmm. more like John old news. Am I right? Am I right? You right? Yeah, you right. More like John Boo. <laughs> that that's pretty accurate. Yeah, I will go with Gasecki as well. As much as it hurts my soul to say that, um, he's just been more involved in that offense. I would assume. The Dolphins are probably going to bring in a wide receiver here in the offseason, but he's been the only one that has been fairly healthy on that team as far as pass catchers, where Preston Williams gets hurt, Devontae Parker always seems to be hurt. So he's he's the only real consistent thing on that team. And the also the other thing with uh, Janu is that I will say I did not see Corey Davis being as involved as he was this season. Uh, he, he's put together a quietly productive year, and I know, Jake, we've talked about this on, on previous episodes recently, but I think with that involvement has really cut down on the amount of volume that I thought Janu was going to get this season. So uh, for those reasons, that's why I'm going with Gusecki. If anybody really thought Corey Davis was getting involved this heavily in the offense, your name is Peter Howard or you're fucking lying. So, uh, yeah, I think we can all admit that it's a little strange to see what we're seeing, but it is what it is. All right, let's do another quick round here, each position. Uh, We are going to go back to quarterbacks. Sorry, I shouldn't have wooed. That was in my head, and I was like, ah, I don't have a filter anymore. So here we go. You let let it out. Have some more apple wine, I love that excitement. (laughs) Bottle's almost gone. So here we are. All right, so so we have Mr. Unlimited, Russell Wilson, Mr. Talent himself at QB5, and we've got Josh Allen – at QB seven, Kane, we're going to start with you. Um, so you're going to hear more about this in a little later in the show. Hashtag tease. Um, <laughs> I'm taking Josh Hamlin. Nice. He, I like the rushing floor. I, you know, in fantasy football, Jalen Hurts can be a top tier quarterback just because of the rushing ability, and that's what matters, right? Like. At the end of the day, all I care about is fantasy football points, right? Like it, that's all that matters. And you're getting younger. You're getting still a guy on his first contract. And it's clear, right, that no one is building a team. Like the Bills, the way that they're building a team is only around Josh Allen. Like they're not trying anything else. So it's clear he's going to get a second contract. So give me that over Russell doesn't remember how to cook Wilson. <laughs> yeah, and who would have thought uh, Josh Allen would have increased his accuracy by 10% this season? Ooh, that's insane. And so that that's actually his highest uh, accuracy 
like dating back his entire career in football, going back to junior varsity. Ah, that's wild. You dug all the way into junior varsity for no, those stats. I think, I think Russell Clay did, I think, on Twitter. Okay. And I saw it. And it's like it's 10 points higher than in any year he's ever played football. It is very impressive. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it's it like I, I don't care how much you predicted Josh Allen to take a step forward. There's no way you thought, oh God, that sounded good. There's no way like you thought. <laughs> you better tell me. <laughs> I'm going to lean in the next time I do that. You're going to have to uh, take half off of what you expected Josh Allen to actually do this year to get your realistic projection from this previous offseason. Um, it really is wild. And Russell Wilson, it's, I don't know if there's a perception out there that Russell runs more than he does. I think that has to be a thing because I don't know why he's constantly predicted predicted to be so high every year. Um, and I fall into the trap sometimes, so I catch myself. But Russell Wilson, he's older. He's in an offense that is not allowing him. They've, they've taken all the seasonings away. I don't care if you get a cook. End product is pretty fucking bland because the guy's got no seasoning. So, yeah, give me that Josh Allen hunk. Yep, same here. Give me Josh Allen. You're getting the the years back and he we've seen him progress every single season. Stefan Diggs ends up being a wonderful fit there for him and and a great weapon. So uh I like what they're doing there. No reason not to go with him. So fish chicks for everyone. Moving on to running backs. <laughs> we've got this this one might be a little gross. I apologize. So we've got Ronald Jones at RB32 and Daryl Henderson at RB33. Jake, we're going to kick it off to you first. I actually grimace because of what their ADPs are more than anything. For Daryl Henderson, it actually makes a lot more sense to me. Daryl Henderson at RB33, I actually think he should be lower. For what it's worth, I don't think it should be this close. I think Henderson should basically be like RB50 because, yeah, he'll be there with the Rams. But anybody who's been watching the games, I think it's fairly obvious at this point that Cam Akers is taking that backfield. He is taking it firmly uh, with a good grasp yeah, and, and with the, the right background music uh, mm-hmm. to lull you into it. But he is he's the guy there. I have no faith. in I, I loved Daryl Henderson this year as just a guy that you could get very cheap and redraft. But for long-term value, it doesn't make any sense to me that he's ranked close to Ronald Jones. And I don't love Ronald Jones. This is not a pro-Ronald Jones rant. This is an anti-Daryl Henderson rant more than anything. Um, And yeah, Ronald Jones might even be a little too high for my liking. But he's going to have a position there. He's going to have usage there. Um, Even if, if for some reason Fournette's back in the fold next year into that backfield. I've actually been very impressed with Ronald Jones. I think going forward, he has utility and people are still not going to take him because it's gross and it's Ronald Jones. And unless you're a Ronald Jones truther, you just don't want that on your team. But I'd rather have him above Daryl Henderson, who I predict to basically fall out of the offense next year. Okay. Kane? Daryl Henderson is the McPoyles of the Rams. (laughs) He likes milk? Probably. Like, I don't understand, right, why we keep giving screen time to some second-tier scrubs, right? Like, Ronald Jones is just better. I'm sorry. I'm a little tipsy. Like, and I didn't even think of that one. It just came off the top of the McNoggin. 
Um, <laughs> but I, I like what Jake said that he should be RB50 because he's basically getting 50 cents to the touch that everyone Cam Akers gets, right? Like Cam Akers is just much better than Daryl Henderson. And it's really clear. Yeah. And if, if you're ranking him that high, just based on what's he, what he's going to do in the fantasy playoffs, like this week, then you're not having a true dynasty outlook on, on things, right? And if if you want to fault Cam Akers just for his lack of outside zone run ability, that's okay because the Rams have kind of shifted the way that they've ran the run lately and they've given him a little more power look where it allows him to kind of pick the gap a little bit more, which has really done better for Cam Akers. But Ronald Jones, when he he's playing, he's like running back 15 or better. Like, I don't understand. If you can just pay running back 30-something price for Ronald Jones, like why wouldn't you want him on your team? That's basically saying that you could trade a late two for Ronald Jones and get his current production. Yeah. So that, that's with that. really easy for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same here. Uh, I got to find some different ones here. We're, we've pretty much all been in agreement and I don't like that. We need some divisiveness because that's what breeds listeners, Dustin. They want people yelling at each other. That's they don't right. want all this camaraderie here. <laughs> all right. Wide receivers then we'll move on. Um, let's see here. How about this one? We've got Deontay Johnson at wide receiver 35 or Brandon Ayuk at wide receiver 37. And I don't remember where I started last time. So Kane, we're going to start with the honors for this one. (laughs) Sweet. Um, I like both of those players and I like, I'm just going to say I was so wrong on Brandon Ayuk when he got drafted and like during rookie drafts, like, so any people that are listening that like, Oh, Kane told me not to draft him. Like you're right. And I'm, I was wrong. Um, I didn't anticipate Debo Samuel to just like poof it, mm-hmm. but you know, it's Brandon Ayuk's team now. So GTFO, right. So like Brandon Ayuk, that that's the guy I'm going with. Like it's clear that he's getting more touches than the rest of the people on, on his team. And yes, Deontay Johnson is also doing the exact same. But the issue is, is like one set of touches actually matters more for fantasy football than the other. Like Deontay Johnson can have 11 targets and go seven for 35 and a touchdown. While Brandon Ayuk goes like 15 touches for like 100 yards and a touchdown. Like one's clearly better and one clearly matters in a better offense that has a better future outlook, regardless of who the quarterback is, compared to what Big Ben and his lackluster elbow are doing for the Steelers right now. But Jake? I still love you, Deontay. Don't hate me. <laughs> I didn't start him and lost a fantasy football matchup. So that's where I'm at right now. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Jake? I actually, I look at it a little bit differently. So there you go. Kudos, Dustin, for finding one that we will disagree on here to some to some extent. Now, I, I actually posed this unironically on Twitter the other day. Is it Debo Samuel or is it Brandon Ayuk for dynasty purposes? So I remember this talk last year. Debo is the man. He's going to crush. He is uh, an alpha on that team. And all of a sudden, now, obviously, it's injuries. Okay, so... He turned into the Omega. He he did, but but when he comes back fully healthy, presuming, by the way, that that ever happens. Okay, because I know that Debo has a lot of injuries. He has an extensive history there. But let's say that he comes back fully healthy next year. Hypothetically, and George Kittle comes back fully healthy next year. Because that's the other thing that we have to take account for. Yes, Brandon Ayuk has been fantastic, but he's been doing that largely without uh, without George Kittle, 
in the mix. So, yeah, and he's also been doing it without uh, a steady quarterback, so I get the appeal. But, like, he's doing it without two of the biggest weapons involved in the offense and a shuffling backfield. Supposing that they can lock down the backfield at some point. I know it's San Francisco, and that seems like a dream. (laughs) It's like a dream. But what if they do, finally? And then Kittle comes back fully healthy. And now Debo comes back fully healthy. Where do those targets go? Is I truly an alpha? I don't know. What I do know is Deontay Johnson honestly seems like the 1A to chase Claypool's 1B in that offense. And I think Juju is gone. He's gone next year. Uh, I don't think that there's any reason for them to hold on to him. And the shenanigans that Juju's involved himself in all of a sudden paint that picture even darker for him. I think, honestly, if Ben leaves, there's a better upside available for Deontay. So I think Ben is almost holding Deontay back a little bit. And so if there is a quarterback shuffling there, my prediction, by the way, that I would love to see come true is that uh, is that Matt Stafford ends up in Pittsburgh. I don't know. I, I know it's kind of a, a long shot, but I would love to see that. And if it happens, then holy hell, Deontay. But I actually really like Deontay. I don't hate Ayuk, but I would prefer Deontay. Yeah, I picked this one purposely because I'm really torn on this as well. I think I would lean Deontay on this one, assuming that Pittsburgh can get a decent replaceable quarterback for for Ben. Uh, if they're just going to throw out garbage like they did last year when he was injured, um, I, I don't like the future there, and I would go with Ayuk, but... Yeah, assuming they they can get a suitable replacement, even uh, an average at best, I, w- I would probably go with Deontay. Uh, I mean, I, I just love that offense there. So, all right, we're going to finish one more here with tight ends uh, before, and then we'll go into our starts and busts of the week here for championship weeks. So tight ends, we've got Hunter Henry, tight end six, and we've got Evan Ingram at tight end eight. Jake? The floor is yours. I'm not going to say a lot of words on this. It's Hunter Henry for me. Fuck you, Evan Engram. Get out of my life forever. You stole a Pro Bowl spot from somebody who deserved it, and you're not. You're just not that good. I'm sorry. He's not. He's not that good. Hunter Henry. All right, Kane. Um, Evan Ingram. Just because I don't know where Hunter Henry is going to be next year, and I don't think he's special enough to warrant a large contract. Is he your Austin Hooper from last year then? Uh, yeah, I don't know why he got a big contract either, so that makes sense. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm not – I used to be a big Hunter Henry believer, but then he kept getting injured. Same with Evan Ingram. They're both injury-prone <laughs> tight ends. But I, I would assume that Danny Dimes will be back next year. Saquon will be back. It should open up things a little bit on that offense. And so I'm going to go with Ingram just for that reason. And again, like Kane just said, we don't know where Hunter Henry's going to go. If he stays with the Chargers, yeah, it might tip the scales a little bit that way. But since we are working with the unknown right now, I'm going to go with Ingram. So it would only tip the scales a little bit if he stayed with the Chargers? Like, I think it would tip the scales like a lot a bit, right? The the target share he's getting is like top five target share for tight ends. But let's say hypothetically, let's use our, our prediction glasses here to say that Hunter Henry goes to someplace like Dallas. Let's just, as a hypothetical, he goes to Dallas next year. Because I thought they were drafting Kyle Pitts. 
<laughs> oh well, every every team is drafting Kyle Pitts next year. So, <laughs> but let let's say hypothetically because there's a need there. Okay, I I loved Blake Jarwin coming in this year. Obviously, maybe they still just retain him and go with it. Dalton Schultz just a guy. Blake Jarwin, as much as it pains me, is just a guy. Um, but if the opportunity presents itself and Hunter Henry ends up in Dallas, how much does that move the needle down for you from where he is now? I don't think they would move the needle down. No, I mean, that offense, assuming Dak comes back from what we saw to start the season, I, I that doesn't downgrade it at all. I think there's plenty of opportunity for everyone on that offense. It's clear that they still need a tight end. Mm-hmm. Fair. Maybe I should have picked a worse landing spot to really emphasize the point. I'm just trying to win an argument. That's all it is. I want you guys to come over to the Hunter Henry side. So, all right. I right. like him. He's a sweet dude. Yeah. Everything I've read about him. Need a mosquito. And there's the rest of the wine bottle. Boom. You're you champion. did it. You did it. I'm so proud of I you. I beat my own record. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're going to move on here, do some starts and busts of the week here before we uh, end the show. So, Kane, since you are our special, special guest this week. Why don't you hit us off with your start of the week? So I'm just going to preface this and say that not everyone has really good teams in the finals. You know, the the skill is making it to the playoffs. Luck takes over after that, mm-hmm. whether Andrew or a different luck. <laughs> right. And, and sometimes your players get hurt. Um, Rashard Higgins for the the Cleveland Browns is the running or is the wide receiver two right now. And let's be real, they're facing the Jets. If you end up getting like four for fifty in a touchdown, especially if you're in like deeper leagues, like we all right, we've all played in, in deeper leagues where you're at like 10, 11, 12 roster spots, and you're deciding between Richard Higgins or like maybe Mark Ingram comes back and plays, right? And you're like trying to make those decisions of like way down in your roster because everyone else is hurt. Like that happens. Like Richard Higgins is a really, really good play this week just because I think he's going to catch some passes and potentially score a touchdown if Baker continues to play the way that he's playing. And I think Jake has some additional comments on that. Oh, you bet your sweet ass I do, Kane. What a glorious professional! What a segue! Yeah. Did you did you plan this? I did not. Like you planned this? No, but you are sure exactly, did, and it worked. <laughs> <laughs> but you are exactly right. So my start of the week is Baker Mayfield, and maybe this feels like a cop out to some people because you say, "Yes, start your quarterback against the Jets because they're the Jets." Some people, I just want to say, might be scared off because of what happened to Jared Goff last week. Please, God, don't be scared off of the Jets because of that one game, which they shouldn't have won, quite frankly, if they were doing their jobs and getting their draft pick next year. But Baker Mayfield is on a fucking tear. He's the QB3 over the last four weeks. In that that time span... He's averaging over 300 yards every game and two and a half touchdowns per game. He's only got the one interception during that span. His sack rate has been cut in half from what it was the first 10 weeks. 
He is my quarterback five this week. I am fucking confident in Baker Mayfield. I know some people will be, oh, I don't know if I should play him versus this random tight end with a better, or this random quarterback with a better matchup. Please start Baker Mayfield. Unless you have Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, Winky, or uh, Josh Allen, please start Baker Mayfield. But I bet you have some other thoughts on one of those quarterbacks, Dustin. I do. God, this is just Hold turning on. into Look at these a, transitions. I know. This, this is turning into a professional uh, podcast here. I don't know what's going on. ESPN <laughs> produced this? <laughs> so, yes, I have Aaron Rodgers as my start of the week. Uh, I know he let everybody down last week. And if you made it to the championship and you were relying on him, congratulations. That's not going to happen this week. He's going to come back. He's going to be pissed off. He's going to have something to prove after that down week last week because that's what he does. Uh, he he hears all the negative criticism about him, and he turns that into fuel to to get him fired up. And he has that chip on his shoulder he always has. And so he's going to come back this week, and he's probably going to throw for something like 370 yards and like four touchdowns, probably all four to Devontae Adams because he had such a bad week too, and that's just how it's going to go. So uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to come back. Uh, Tennessee's defense isn't as frightening as we thought it was going to be this season. So I like it. Fire him up. You're not going to regret it. What kind of potato chip does he have on his shoulder? I think it's a Lay's. Yeah, not salt and vinegar. No, oh. it's it's just a plain, no ridges. It's it's just a plain, like like the the old mill ones that are like all the crumbs in the bottom of the bag. That's all it is is just crumbs. So it's not even a full chip anymore. No. It's really just crumbs. It's of a it's a bunch of chips. chips. Yeah. yeah. And do you know what washes those chip crumbs down better than anything else? Tell me. An old mill. <laughs> But um, I so I had <laughs> literally had a uh, a roommate in college that was his beer of choice. Mm. Was an old mill. What well, was wrong why? with him? Red cans. Ugh. Old mill reds. Ugh. Did his did it like his uncle make the beer in his basement and then he just got it for free? Well, you were buying old mill, so you basically got it for free anyways. This is true. <laughs> yeah, but basically is not the same. There's a pride level of having to walk up to a counter and put that on the table and then say, I'm going to give you something for this. It, but I, I'll give you a different story after this is done. But I'm just saying that old mill isn't the greatest beer. But for someone to choose that, that takes conviction. That's true. Mm-hmm. It's like, it this is the one I want. And then he would just chase it with Jim Beam. So he was basically just drinking shit each way. So, <laughs> All right. So let's move into our bus of the week, Kane. Um, so I mentioned it earlier. I think Russell Wilson, um, you know, as great as he might have cooked in the first half of the season, um, I really think he needs a strong g- run game to be super productive because it's not even just about super product productivity, right? It's about being super efficient. And that's what Russell Wilson has been this entire time, right? And that's always been the argument that if we let Russ throw 40, 50 times a game, like some of these other quarterbacks, then he's going to be the quarterback one, right? That only works if you continue that efficiency. 
we've seen that when he throws more, that efficiency starts to go down, right? And if you want to say, oh, well, DK Metcalf got injured a little bit and that Tyler Lockett just hasn't played up to his full potential, Chris Carson's just not as healthy, like, that's a lot of ifs, ands, or buts. And if ifs, ands, or buts were candies and nuts, then everyone would be celebrating Christmas two days early. But here we are not celebrating Christmas on the 23rd, right? Like it's because there's, there's conditionals, right? You can't keep saying and making excuses for every single player. Like AJ Dillon would be really good if they didn't have Jamal Williams, if they didn't have Tyler Irvin, if he didn't have COVID, if they didn't have right Aaron Jones, then he'd be really good. Yes, because there'd be no one else there. Right. So you can't just keep putting conditionals on players and expecting that that if all those conditionals somehow wipe away, that he's going to be the best of the best. Right. What if you took away Russell Wilson's four games where he threw for less than 25 pass attempts and he would be amazing. He'd be the quarterback one on the season. But but, but what if Jonathan Taylor got got all the touches since week one? Wouldn't he have been just the running back one then? It's like, what? And so my favorite, right? Here's my favorite is, well, if we combine what Antonio Gibson has done with what J.D. McKissick has done, then he'd be the running back one. Well, yes, when you combine two players' production for one player's production, usually they're better. (laughs) I bet if you combine Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt's production, they'd be better than that production. RB1, why not? Isn't that what we're doing now? Just all of a sudden throwing out all the conditionals of what football actually is to try and extrapolate what, what this player can be? Right. But but that's the issue is like you can't take out all these conditionals and expect that the same result to happen. Like that's not the scientific method. <laughs> Great. And I'm no scientist, but I agree with that. Neither am I. I'm a drinkist. <laughs> and a damn fine one, if I do say so. Thank you, sir. Jake. But yeah, overall, oh. I think just Russell Wilson is not going to be great the rest of the season. That's fair. Mm hmm. Yeah, he has really been lackluster these last handful of weeks here, so I like that call a lot. Jake, who's your bust? I don't know if people are going to like this call as much, but it's Cooper Cup for me. Um, I think there's a certain level of name recognition, Russell Wilson certainly included, that people feel tricked into starting because it's your championship week, and it's always start your studs. You don't dare sit your studs, but I think it's important that people recognize not everybody with the name is actually a stud. You have to look at what their production has been over the course of the season to be able to call them that and to be able to trust them in this kind of situation. Cooper Cup has not been a stud this year. He just hasn't. He is more of the, he's honestly, this feels gross because Dustin, you'll appreciate this. He's a, he's a lightweight version of Amari Cooper this year. And that's gross. He's so boomer bust. Right? He's so boomer bust, but even his overall result has not been what Amari's has been. He has only topped five targets once over the last four weeks. Okay? That's fine. Because if he's efficient enough, then he'll make up for that. But he hasn't. He's only topped 41 yards once over that same span. That's a bad stat line. Robert Woods, on the other hand, in case you're wondering if this is an offense entire issue, it's not. Robert Woods has had at least eight targets in every single one of those games. He's had no issue. He's not been efficient necessarily in all of those games, but he has gotten the production. Has topped 80 yards 
four times this year, four times, he has been less than 45 yards in your stat line six times this year. He has a total of three touchdowns on the season. There is nothing to me that says you have to start Cooper Cup in your lineup because it's championship week. There is everything to me that says even in a good matchup against the Seahawks, which it is on paper, it's certainly a good matchup. There's nothing to me that says you have to start this guy. In fact, it's screaming the opposite direction for me that I I know some people don't like this, but I would rather see him go off on my bench than go against my gut and put him in my lineup and watch him get fucking three receptions for 30 yards. I'm hearing start Robert Woods. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Agreed. Yes. As, Always start Robert Woods. Yes. As Big Bobby that Trees. That would have been nice if I, started, if I started Deontay Johnson over Amari Cooper last week, but here we are. You should have asked me. Actually, I probably would have told you to do the wrong thing, so don't do that. I, I'm, I'm hurting. That was my biggest money league, too. And, so the, and it's a home league. Mm. Which really hurts me. But, Those you know, guys. when Saquon can't stay healthy and you lose your top two running backs, you're kind of... Yeah, puts you behind the eight ball. <laughs> and you lose Dak. And you start Kirk Cousins every week. Well, I mean, you did that to you. Yeah. My other choice is... But <laughs> <laughs> Andy Dalton or Kirk Cousins week over week. Make a decision. Also, I think it's bananas. Sidebar: I think it's bananas when it's a one quarterback league in a dynasty, and every quarterback is picked up. I think that's straight up bonkers to me. Um, it's great because then I have great value at every other position. Um, but then I don't really have someone better. Which, as we all know, whether our affinity for the Vikings may be or not, um, he's not the greatest fantasy quarterback. That's correct. He's, he's not going to win you a week. He'll lose you a week, but he won't win you a week. Yeah, this is true. And both of those are rough, and I'm still triggered. <laughs> and, I, and I understand. Look, when 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 there's a week that goes by, you think to yourself in retrospect, yeah, maybe I should have started Ryan Finley instead. Yeah, that hurts. That smarts. So I get it. Uh, I appreciate it. And uh, I feel for you. Yeah, we're we're all human, right? We're gonna make wrong start sit decisions. That's why I tried to trade off. I traded off Julio in that league because I was like, oh, these start sit decisions are too difficult. So I'm gonna trade off Julio and get Deontay Johnson in the second, and it's made it just as painful. <laughs> yeah, as because so- at least Julio would have been hurt this past week, <laughs> and I wouldn't have started him, and I wouldn't have felt bad. Then I would have been like, oh, should I have started Jacoby Myers or Amari Cooper? And it's like, well, that wasn't really much of an issue. <laughs> yeah, as someone that had to ride with uh, like, Kirk Cousins for most of the season, I I feel you. Yeah, I had Kirk Cousins and Carson Wentz as my two quarterbacks, and needless to say, I I pretty much could not start Carson Wentz at all this season because he's been garbage. So I've had to ride with uh, Captain Kirk there for most of the season, and yeah, it, it's it's been dicey at times to say the least. And it- it feels like we said pre-show. It feels yuckier. Mm-hmm. Like it's just—it's not good. No, <laughs> it's, it's real bad. Yeah, um, but I just <laughs> want to let you know. Update: the bottle of wine is gone. Um, glass is empty. So we're gonna move back into a cider. Uh, nice Ooh, choice. Very exciting. Now, Dustin, so, who is your yuckier pick of the week? Well, before we do that, we've got a. That. We've got a question from the chat here. Before I get into my bust of the week, so we've got. Other Jake, we'll call him Jake number two. Um, Perfect. 
Deshaun Watson or Jalen Hurts this week? Um, Jake, if you could give us some more information, I'm going to assume this is a PPR league. But... It does, I mean, it's quarterbacks. So it doesn't matter uh, unless unless Jalen Hurts catches a pass to himself. It's Hurts for me uh, this week. It's it's crazy. I, I didn't expect to be saying this ever, um, or certainly not this year. Jalen Hurts. I think I would ride that hot streak personally. I'm not scared certainly of their matchup against Dallas. So. Uh, I really like Jalen Hurts as a top 10 option this week. Deshaun Watson will be fine, I think, um, but Hurts is my my pick. I'm I'm flipped around. I, so I think they're both like top six options. I think Deshaun Watson just has that ceiling that I want for the for my fantasy championships, right? Like I'm not saying that Hurts is a bad player, right? I think Hurts could get you 22 points. And you might be thinking like 22 points is really, really good. Like that's exceptional. But, like, Deshaun Watson has a 40-point ceiling, right? Regardless of who mm-hmm. his pass catchers are, he has a 40-point ceiling. And I want to hit that ceiling because I know that in my fantasy championships, I need one guy to hit their ceiling for me to actually win, right? Because I'm facing two really good teams, unless you're facing me where I start Rashad Higgins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I go with uh, Deshaun Watson as well. I I, I love that ceiling. Take that, uh, Jake. God damn it. <laughs> Brandon Starting Cooks uh, should be back this week. And I really like what that offense has been doing lately since Bill O'Brien got fired. And Deshaun Watson has looked like what we've expected out of him. And he's been running a little bit more. He's been getting into the end zone using his legs a little bit. So, yeah, I love him for his upside. Uh, but really, you can't go wrong with either player, let's be honest. Uh, it's kind of a Sophie's choice here for the championship game. But uh, two to one here, we're going with Watson. Uh, if you don't like that, then the Jakes stick together and go with Hertz. So, um, yeah, hopefully Jake we answered Power. your question for you. But yeah, just be, count your blessings. You're not deciding between Ryan Finley and Andy Dalton, and you get to you get to decide between Deshaun Watson and Jalen Hurts. But obviously, that's why you're in Week 16. So that's right. All right, so we will um, hit my bust of the week here real quick. I've got Denzel Mims. He's going against Cleveland. He was on a hot tear there for a while, and he was looking legit. And let's be honest, I, I think he is legit wide receiver. Uh, but we've seen him go against pretty good defenses this season, and that's when he has faltered. Against KC, he only had two receptions on three targets. Last week against the Rams, three receptions on four targets. Uh, against a fairly mediocre defense, Vegas, a couple weeks ago, two receptions, three targets. Uh, I, the games where he actually has to go against a pretty good defense – he just doesn't show up. And Cleveland's defense has been coming along this season. They've been starting to show up. And let's be honest, Cleveland's putting on the pressure. They are jacked that they're going to be in the playoffs here. And they're have their first 10-win season and who knows how long. Uh, they're going to keep playing hard. So that's why he is my bust this week. Are you saying that you wouldn't trust the Sam Darnold to Denzel Mims connection in your championship match <laughs> which has proven you wrong so many times up until this point yeah you know i when you when you think adam gase couldn't screw things up anymore he really does by giving them an actual victory so um nothing would surprise me at this point but yeah don't start him i i he's got a great future in the nfl don't get me wrong there but just for your championship week do not rely on him if you don't have to I'm hearing start Jamison Crowder. 
I did not hear that. I did not hear that either. <laughs> I did not hear that at all. All right. First, it's like, the alcohol. That's fine. I would, I would personally, it's just me. It's just me talking. It's just one guy talking into a microphone. I would not start either of those people this week. But I watch them both get 40 points, and then we'll both look like dicks. So and Sam Darnold is the quarterback one. In fact, <laughs> He's the quarterback one. Probably on the season at that point. That's right. uh, probably like the the things that would have to happen right for for that all of that to come true like because then that also means that your hit would happen right that baker mayfield baker. would have to like have a great game because there's no reason why he would have to be quarterback two for the week there's no reason why sam darnold play that well and baker mayfield not to which means that obviously richard higgins becomes like the wide receiver two on the week and then we both hit Duh. We could all win. We could all win. Uh, it checks out. Now, Dustin, mm-hmm. I would like to skip over our matchups this week for NFL, if you oh, don't mind. I was right I'd there like with to you. Delve, okay, I want to delve right into this beer bet this week. Okay. Or this beer, quote-unquote, bet. It's not beer. Uh, now, I have made the last couple of matchup picks here. I'm curious if you had anybody top of mind that you wanted to go for. As we've been chatting here, I pulled up the weekly schedule here just so I could look at some of the matchups. And okay. tell me what you think about this one. I will. So okay. Calvin Ridley versus Tyreek Hill. Oh, fuck. Okay. It's Fal- okay. Falcons versus like Chiefs. It. Look, it's bringing up Calvin Ridley from earlier in the show, so I always love a callback. Now, Kane, you are welcome to participate. You are not required to. You do not have to pick a side if you don't want to. But what happens is what happened at the top of the show if you lose, of course. But you get the glory if you're on the winning side, so it's up to you. Well, I want to know if I can join this one and then present a second. Oh, yeah. We've we've done multiple beer bets before, so yeah. Okay. 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 Okay, I as the recipient, I'm guessing I get to pick my. You, you my can choice choose. Here. Yeah, I'll let you choose. I want Tyreek Hill. Look, season long and against that matchup against the Falcons, uh, even with the competition coming in from Travis Kelsey, I'm going to go Tyreek Hill on this matchup. All right, PPR points. PPR points. Yes. Yep. Can right. you have a selection? I'm. I I don't like myself for this, but I'm going to take Calvin Ridley. Yes. I don't like Look, it. You got to err on the side of winners here the last couple of weeks. You so. just err on the side of like who might score more points and who has, I don't even know. It's not even like ceiling at this point. Like I think there's a great chance that Kansas city blows them out, but someone's got to score in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. It might That's as well true. be Calvin Ridley. Maybe please. <laughs> and it looks like Julio is not going to play this week too. So Calvin Ridley will be the de facto number one. So. You just wait for that Russell Gage 150-yard four-touchdown game. It's coming. Well, nothing would surprise me here closing out 2020, let's be honest. (laughs) So, Kane, I'm curious as to what this uh, second bet is. So I love quarterbacks, right? And I think two quarterbacks that are actually really, really similar in not necessarily in their style of play, obviously, but in fantasy finishes I think are really similar. And believe it or not, the Colts and the Pittsburgh Steelers are facing each other. So I would like to know if you would prefer Philip Rivers or Ben Roethlisberger. And this is not 2008. <laughs> this is right now time. Still in their rookie deal. Um, who would you take now? 
between those two. Oh, oh my god, I hate I, this. I, I, I hate, hate my, I hate myself for saying this, but it's gonna be Philip Rivers. I'll, I'll go the Rivers side. Fine. Rivers burned me in the past on a previous bet, in fact, uh, where I thought he was a sure thing. So by default, I will take Ben Roethlisberger. And yes, in case you're wondering, I will take two showers tonight to wash that <laughs> off of me, but I'll go with Ben. Um, so I actually think Ben Roethlisberger is the play here. But that's just Ooh. me. I'm Ooh. probably going to be wrong on both. So, you know. <laughs> Or you're going to be right on both and get the glory play like Mike Fiella did a few weeks back. He, we actually Mm -hmm. split. We had two bets and he picked one side for both and he, uh, one, one for him. God damn it. I'm drunk too, Kane. And I blame you, but he picked one against either of us and he won. He won both. both Yeah. Well, since you said you're drunk, I'll take a shot for you. Thanks, buddy. God, I don't have any more of that homemade Kahlua to uh, drink, but all right. Well, I feel good about this. I feel good about this. Yeah, so do I. I'm glad that I'm going to get double the uh, the victories here this week for for beer bets. So I well, and appar- apparently crushed. Jake is going with Jalen Hurts. By the way, other Jake, Jake number two is picking Jalen Hurts. So Jakes stick together. That's what I right. said since the day I was born. I'll say it to the day I die. <laughs> All right, so that pretty much wraps up our show for this week. Uh, any last thoughts here you guys want to throw out there before we sign off? I have many thoughts. I don't know if they're worth sharing. <laughs> I just want to step in and say, if you're not following Kane on Twitter, you should absolutely be following Kane on mm-hmm. Twitter. Uh, you're too humble of a man to say that yourself, probably with such vigor, even though you would present your Twitter handle, but go out and follow this man and listen to his podcast because he knows shit. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So, like, if you want to follow me, that's up to you. It's Devi underscore Kane. Like, I just, I, I think it's more important just to talk about life on Twitter than it is to talk about football. So many people, right? I'm. Can I go on like just a slight rant here, Dustin? Is that okay? The floor is yours. Okay. So, right. So. You know, we we talked about at the beginning of the show, like Christmas is wonderful. Like I love Christmas, my favorite season of the world. But that doesn't mean that everyone is feeling the exact same way, right? It it could be due to loss of someone in their family. It could be due to uh, maybe their kids might not be coming home um, due to COVID, right? That it just might be a downtime for some people. Um, so if you know someone like that, just reach out to them. Just ask how they're doing. That might mean more to them than anyone coming home, right? So just reach out to them. Just make sure that the people around you and your community are doing okay because this is going to be a rough season for a lot of people. Um, Between COVID and Christmas at the exact same time, like it's going to be rough for a lot of people in the Midwest. Add on the blizzard that we just got on the 23rd, not knowing if people are going to be able to get home for Christmas. Like that matters to a lot of people. Um, so like, just reach out to people, just make sure they're okay. Um, whether you are just like really good friends with them or, you know, just an acquaintance, like just make sure they're okay because some people are not doing okay right now. And, you know, you know that without them, your life would be much worse. Um, so just reach out to people and just make sure they're, they're alive and doing okay because, you know, you'd rather talk to them in a, in a direct message than through a eulogy. Couldn't have said it better myself. Goddamn right. Yeah, that's uh, this Twitter community that we've all 
built here or have participated in here lately it, it's pretty crazy and and it's pretty amazing uh that so many people can get together and share similar or differing thoughts about something like fantasy football and have it bring you together uh in the way that this has for me certainly over on twitter um these last few years and uh yeah some some great people out there and if you are wondering if you can reach out to any of the three of us, I'm going to speak for all three of us, and I'm just going to say that you can. So mm -hmm. uh, definitely do that. Yep, absolutely. So, Jake, where can people reach out to you? People can reach out to me on Twitter at my name, which is Jake Trowbridge. And you can find our podcast at Drinking Fantasy on Twitter, and you can find me at FF Dusty Dog. And until next week, folks. No, not next week. I lied. We're not recording next week. We're taking a week off. We will be back in 2021. So until the new year, folks, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers, FFers. Cheers.